It's just one of the many status quos the pandemic has shifted for millions of people. But it may have set an important precedent for our future, as many companies are staying fully remote or at least embracing a hybrid work-from-home policy moving forward. So in the last year, what have we learned from our shift to remote culture? What are the strategies for success, tools for collaboration, and pitfalls to avoid in a work-from-home environment? Well, let's talk about it. Hey everyone, welcome to Momentum, a podcast by Jotform, where we talk about the technology, productivity tips, best practices, and strategic insights that help us move forward in business and in life. I'm your host, Elliot, and today I'm here once again with Jotform's VP of Marketing and Communications, Chad Reed. Chad, it's great to have you back. I take this to mean that our first episode didn't scare you off, which is hopefully a good sign. It almost did. It almost did. I slept on it, but... Yeah, happy to, happy to be back. Okay, well, we're here. And so we'll get straight to it. Uh, I figure today's topic is a timely one, truly defining the intersection of technology in our daily lives that can really feel like both a blessing and a curse at times, something many of us are still dealing with, in fact. And of course, I'm talking about working remotely. Now, there's a lot we could discuss here, probably enough to fill multiple podcasts, but I love to focus mostly on the technology aspect, how that empowers us to do our job and stay connected both with our immediate teams and in some cases, even our co-workers, literal continents apart in Turkey, for instance, um, but also how it brings an equally important sense of responsibility to set boundaries with it, given how accessible we are at all times of day with technology when it comes to working from home. Uh, in that respect, it can certainly be a double-edged sword, as I think we all know. Um, so why don't we start and just talk a little bit about the various tools we all use here at Jotform to stay connected when working from home. What are a few that come to mind for you? Yeah, it's it's uh, a great question. I mean, it, it's it's amazing that we're doing this or we're recording this on what is it, March twelfth today? I think uh, I think it marks just about one year ago that we ventured into working remotely. Three hundred and sixty six um, days is March eleven. Yeah, it was first yeah. pandemic, and that's uh, I just first of all, that's mind blowing that we've made it a full year of of working remotely. Uh, You've survived. Yeah, I feel feel really disconnected at the di- disconnected from the office at this point, which is such a weird thing. Um, I've only been in the office once to collect my my computer, so right. Yeah, <laughs> I never had a connection to begin with. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, yeah, I, I always keep forgetting that you're among the wave of hires that we've brought on since we've we've been fully remote, which maybe goes to the uh, the bigger question of you know we we can actually we can make this happen remote. Um, yeah. You know, and, and still find great, great talent and, and uh, be productive. Um, but of course, yeah, that's all possible with with the right technology. Um, so it, it's it, like the mind frame going into it is so different than the mind frame we have now a year later. I think when we looked at it as this temporary, like hopefully we're only going to do this for a few weeks. I remember the first day at home order was what, three weeks or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it was kind of like, oh, this will be a stopgap. Like, let's just find some. Some processes that'll that'll make sense, like you know, work from home, but don't don't be a fool about it, uh, and we'll we'll see you and see you in, in less than a month. Uh, but of course, that that wasn't the case, um, and we're we're gonna you know we're doing this indefinitely now. I mean, who knows, right? But yeah, I mean, I, I think we benefited from being a technology company, a productivity with. technology company, and we we kind of already had a mind for 
you know, using software that, that makes our lives easier even when we're in the office. And fortunately, a lot of that translates really nicely to uh, working remotely. So, you know, we were, we were already pretty set up on Slack, um, which is, you know, a really, really, everyone knows Slack, obviously, at this point, but it's a great chat tool. Um, I like it because it, it also integrates uh, or JotForm integrates nicely with Slack, too, if, if we want to use it for certain use cases or set up uh, notifications based off of form responses. So um, that's always kind of been my preference. Our, our team in Turkey uh, prefers Discord um, and kind of for different reasons. I think Discord is great because um, they like it because you can you have like a chat function or like a, an actual speaking function where um, you know, all of the designers can like talk to each other, uh, you know, uh, as if they were in the same room at the same time. Well, it's interesting. Discord started out as like a, a gaming streaming type app um, yeah. from what I know. Uh, so it's interesting that's been repurposed as sort of a, an office collaboration tool. Yeah, I know. It's probably a great pivot for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I like it, but I think functionally it doesn't work as well for, for different types of teams. You know, on the marketing team, we have a lot of writers and we, we don't have a lot of utility for something that, that encourages people to like speak to one another. Because if you go into our physical office, it was, it was a lot of, it was very quiet. I think we right. have a very, very quiet office. Right. Um, so yeah, they didn't no necessarily parties. need a, a, a way to facilitate um, speaking. But yeah, I mean, you know, and of course, like all, all the other, no, no, no surprises here on, on, on great tools, but we use both uh, Asana and Trello, depending on the mm -hmm. board, depending on the team. Um, and that, that's really like invaluable. Like you need a way to be able to manage your track, your, your work and, and your progress and have some, some sort of touch point and, and be able to show what you're doing when people can't watch what you're doing. Sort of interesting. They serve somewhat similar functions, Asana and Trello, as far as you know, kind of project management platforms and, and showing collaboration. Um, so it's it's interesting that we use both kind of for different reasons, but I think we use them for for good cause. Yeah, it's it's honestly just a preference thing. I you know I, I can I couldn't even really speak to which one I, I like more. I like them both for different reasons, but um, I think we we got we were we were started on Trello. Uh, at first, and I, I think Trello's Trello's been great too because we use that uh, very collaboratively with our team in Turkey. So yeah. when we're working asynchronously like that, and, and they're adding requests into our, our Trello board, um, you know, they can add comments, and, and we can we can move it along on our end, and it doesn't have to be, you know, we don't we don't have to be in the same meeting at the same time to to move move work forward basically with Trello, and you know, same same thing with Asana, and once again, of course, Jotform. <laughs> Uh, I, we, we, I give a preference to, to tools that we can uh, integrate with and, yeah. and both, with both of those cases, you know, a simple work request form, the work requests that, that get filled through a form um, automatically populate those boards. So, yeah, it's really, really important. Again, it's important when we're in the office, but uh, yeah, working remotely, we, we need that. Yeah, I think the, the asynchronous communication is, is so important as well, because even when you're working remotely, you might be online at different times of day, but also just given the fact we have you know, colleagues in, in Turkey that have an 11 hour time difference. It's great that they can populate your requests or, or move things along the funnel and then we wake up and see it. That's the, the Kanban view, I think they call it. That. Yeah. Um, you can see where a project is in its status. 
And you know, speaking of that, I think uh, Jotform was set up fortuitously in that we obviously, we have had colleagues in Turkey and we've had to communicate with them, um, obviously remotely way before the pandemic. So yeah. I think we were, we were used to having sort of that system in place. And then it's just a matter of sort of transplanting that to our, to our local marketing team. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. for me coming on in like last June, I mean, I, I never had to make the transition from working in the job form office to working remotely because I just always started working remotely, which in some cases might even be an advantage in some ways that, you know, I, it wasn't difficult for me because that's just how I started. That's what I know. But it'll be great to go back into the office in some sort of like maybe hybrid model because yeah, San Francisco, you know. Um, in any case, yeah, that's sort of an overview of a lot of the a lot of the tools. Obviously, I'm jumping in here now for the question I asked you, but obviously, Zoom and Google Meets, um, yeah, videos. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the the video cadence and um, how we sort of conduct video meetings in a little bit. But um, both those technologies, no no big surprise there, I think. And how we choose Zoom or Google Meet, I think, is kind of interesting though. I think Zoom is the most popular one, but in the marketing team, we use usually use. Google Meets, I think, just because it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think I prefer, you know, when I'm actually in the call, I, I think Zoom is probably the the better one. Um, but yeah, just when because I set up all of our calendar invites, or when I'm creating a calendar invite, just the the one click drop down to they create make it a so meet. easy. Yeah, they, they make, make it so easy. easy. Um, Dang you, Google! <laughs> <laughs> I know what they're doing apparently. Um, <laughs> I think that's a good segue into sort of our next topic, which is um, meeting cadence. So basically, you know, how often, especially in a remote culture, like how often do you want to try to schedule meetings versus just settling things via email or slacking when you're working from home? And I think it's something to take in consideration because we've all heard of, you know, Zoom fatigue, especially since um, remote first became kind of a thing. Right. And uh, in an office, especially a small office like we had, it's different. You just raise your hand, you can swivel around and, you know, touch base with somebody, but you can't do that. So it's, it's, it's a bigger, not inconvenience, but it's a bigger, um, it's a bigger deal to bring something up to someone when it's a remote first culture as opposed to just turning around and talking to them. So yeah. how, how do you sort of establish the cadence of a meeting sort of as a manager when you decide to settle something over email versus have, you know, a all hands on deck meeting? Yeah. You know, if anything, I would say we probably have more meetings um, as we've been working from home and we just have to be more deliberate about them, kind of, kind of like what you're, you're saying, but you know, we, we can't just tap someone on the shoulder and say, Hey, do you have a second right. to, to do whatever it's, you know, you create an invite, you create a, a video link, you, you add the people who you think need to be added to it. And, um, yeah, I mean, also just, you have to be more conscious of, of being able to connect with people and like connecting people for the sake of connecting pe with people, um, and realize that, you know, some people are going a full day without, interacting with with colleagues other than you know the the periodic like slack hello or something like that so uh i think from a from a manager's perspective that it's actually probably encouraged me to create more meetings and more touch points um and just to sort of you know take back what we what we lost by by going by going fully remote so um yeah if anything we I, we we've been we've set up more more meetings probably throughout uh, COVID just for that, for that very reason, we want to be able to communicate and, and be able to like understand what's, what's going on with, with everyone on our team and like, and also just facilitate people, 
not just me, but like ha- having colleagues be able to, to connect with one another and, and finding, you know, reasons for them to do so and, and be more collaborative. Like it's, it's really, really important. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, we want, you know, we ultimately like we want to emulate what we were able to do in the office as much as we can. But, you know, part of the, the obviously the biggest thing that we lost is like that, that person to person contact. So uh, yeah, more more meetings the better. It's probably a counterintuitive uh, stance on that, but I do think it's it's probably for the best. Right, and I think there's you know obviously in all things a, a balance, but I think you touched on the point like someone like you know in, in your role or even my role, we're we're pretty often on calls like communicating with either people on the team or like external like vendors, uh, what have you. But I think there are other people on the team who just in general, they don't get that too much in their day to day. Like, you know, a content writer might only have a couple calls a week kind of thing. And for them, uh, they'll start to feel pretty disconnected potentially if they're just not talking to anyone. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do think it's a, it's for sure a balance because obviously you can tip it the other way and, you know, even coming to hijab form, we don't have near as many meetings here as like my last job for three months of working remote where, you know, I, I used to work at an ad agency and, um, we, when we went remote, it was almost an overwhelming amount of meetings because there were so <laughs> many touch points and it got to the point where you can't get work done because almost half of my day was taken up with meetings. So yeah. I think it's a matter of making sure you, you keep the, <laughs> the, the touch points, um, but you also make sure, you know, everyone has their space, as with all things, a, a balance. But I think that there's been, um, especially at first, a, a lot of talk about Zoom fatigue. Um, I think that's sort of framing it negatively because it's making it, you know, you have to jump on Zoom, show your face and, and all that. But I don't think here at JotForm, at least from what I've experienced, our meetings aren't needless. Like everything is, everything, usually everyone is contributing positively and voluntarily in every meeting that we have, which I think is an important component of that. Like have the meetings, but make sure they're intentional, which I think we do well. Um, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, Going off of this too, turning on video or not for calls. Um, we were talking before this, and I think you were somewhat surprised. I was saying, you know, kind of my last job, um, people didn't turn on their video for calls. And I think this is kind Slackers. of a, an interesting, uh, somewhat controversial topic of, do you actually turn on your camera or do you just sit there with the with the blank screen? Some companies I think care about it. Some companies I, I think maybe don't. Um, job before this really didn't. I never had my camera on, but then started a job form and everyone had their camera on. So I'm like, okay, I need to fix my hair today. What have you? <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> well, you're wearing a beanie. <laughs> I just need to start rocking the cap at home. But um, I think it's sort of an important, like almost um, philosophical mindset of you're going to have camera on interacting that way or or not. And I think as with everything, there's there's two sides of it. So um, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's funny. We don't have a, an official rule, at least that I'm aware that you have to have the camera on, but it, you would be the oddball out if you yes, all of a sudden it, it is an unofficial rule when, you, when yeah. everyone has their camera on. Um, yeah, that's that's tough. It, it kind of, hmm. yeah, you, you should have your camera on. <laughs> I feel pretty strongly about that. That kind of like goes back to that what I was mentioning earlier on the like trying to recreate the office interaction as best you can. And mm-hmm. you know, if if you're in a meeting in an in-person office and you're in a big spacious room, like you're not going to hide under the table and just like listen and not show your face. Like you, you want to be there. And You've I think you, you can pick up so many non. 
uh, verbal cues yeah. too, just by looking at someone's someone's face. That I think it's pretty it's pretty important, you know. If but if you're if you don't have the camera on and you're on mute, I just assume you're not right. working. <laughs> like right. you're, you're you're somewhere else, you know. I, I hate I hate to assume that, but I do. But partly. Uh, not to go off on a, on a tangent, but Please. when, so I, you know, I, I work, I work at home. My, my wife works at home too, but like some, she doesn't have to like have, have her camera on. And like, sometimes like if, if she's not the, the focal point in the meeting, you know, she'll like walk in and like ask me a question or something. And she's like, no, 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 I'm on a, I'm not, I'm on a meeting. I'm like, you're in a meeting. <laughs> like I wouldn't realize that. I'm like, yeah, yeah my, my, uh, sister is, is a, teaches college at the university of Arkansas and she's, she's teaching six classes a semester and she, most of them are entry level. And she says how, um, pretty frequently everyone just logs on, says hi, turns off the camera, <laughs> mutes, and then she just knows they're gone because she'll get emails asking about stuff she blatantly covered two or three times. And she's like, I know you're not there. And it's the kind of thing that's the unfortunate part. It's also a bit of an accountability thing. Like I think it can be abused if you don't have your camera on it. And yeah. It's unfortunate. It sometimes needs to be framed that way. Um, but I also I also think it goes back a little bit to what I said in my, my last point is the meetings have at least our meetings have intentionality anyway. Almost every, I can't think of a regular meeting we have where someone just doesn't talk at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be argued that if you are in a meeting and you never have to actually engage, you never have to talk, you never have to respond to anything, I would almost argue that maybe could have been handled via email anyway. Oh, you know, but I, yeah. I, I think it's a matter of, again, the, the framing it and the intentionality of it. Like, as long as you're engaging, I don't think there's a reason for you, um, you know, to, to feel like you have to hide. And obviously it's a comfortability thing. Um, you know, some people might feel more comfortable with it or not, but I think, yeah. you know, we've been in this for a year now. And if you've had to have these in-person meetings, you know, I feel like it's, it's not too much to ask for, if, for that. Yeah. So if, I'm, if, I'm aligned with that. If you're in a personally. meeting and you didn't say anything, you shouldn't have been in that meeting and, right you know that's just i, I think it's as simple yeah. as that and i i think that's where like the whole question about zoom fatigue came in because i think a lot of companies like overcompensated and again you know with my last company half the calls i i didn't need to be on mm-hmm. and so at that point yeah of course i'm gonna mute and turn off my camera because i have work to do or you know kind of thing so right. i just think as as with all the points it's it's a balance yeah um, it's funny uh, uh not work related but zoom and camera related but uh, the same thing kind of popped up you know when gyms closed and then mm. i was trying to do uh, some online workout classes and like every, a lot of people had their camera off i just <laughs> assumed to turn mine on because i'm like well uh, but the the instructor was so thankful they're like oh thank you know because they want to be able to like see, see what you're doing yeah. and see if you're doing the work that's, and i'm like that's are people tough. just People just like watching people work out. Well, the like, whole point is like they're emulating you, right? And you need to be able to gauge their form, I would think, as an instructor. Yeah. Um, so if you're just seeing a, an entire screen of empty blank screens, I feel like that'd be pretty unfulfilling. I mean, you're getting yeah, paid either must, way. but must be not, not great. But also meant probably a greater spotlight was drawn on you. So people could, a lot of people were probably watching you work out too, which <laughs> must have felt good. Yeah, I'm sure they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your I'm sure your form was on point. Uh, so next uh, next thing I have queued up is setting boundaries because I also think you know this is an important thing to consider in a work from home environment because technology, as I said in the intro, makes us so accessible. Like we can always be pinged on Slack. 
Um, we can always set up a, to get a notification. Uh, we'll always see that email come through. And it's not like a work environment in the office where you can say, okay, I'm out, and you just leave for the day and you leave it behind. You, you wake up, you're yeah. in your office. You know, you go to lunch, you're in your office, like you're never not in your office. So I think it's an equally important responsibility to, you know, have the discussion mindset about framing boundaries and what it means to be online during a work day and, and how we communicate that. So how would you say we sort of do that as a team? Yeah, um, this is this is an example of do what I say, not as I do, probably. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think we try to we try to create structure around uh, you know once again like recreating the office uh dynamic as much as you can which is uh you're 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 starting the work day when you announce to the team on slack that you know hey i'm good morning you know just let your colleagues know that you're online you know you can you can be bugged with requests you, mm -hmm. you can you know you're there um and then similarly you know when you're when you're taking any kind of significant break or you're, you're stepping away for lunch just letting your colleagues know, and then to, you know to close out the day, you know put a put a put an ending on it, and and tell everyone that you're you're heading home for the day, or you're signing off, and you know see everyone tomorrow. Like same the same three things you would say to everyone when you're walking into an office or you're leaving an office or something like that. Just try try to you know use that as like it's it's not only a common courtesy, but it also sets a boundary and it, it lets everyone know that you're not expected to work into the evening. In fact, that's it's counterproductive. You don't want to be right. able to like burn. You're not going to, you don't want to burn yourself out doing that. So yeah, it's, it's important to set that up. I think that it's just a really simple step that any, any company or manager can, can take to make sure that they're, um, you know, that they care for their employees well-being and, and not trying to burn, burn anyone out. Yeah. Um, it's framing, it's framing expectations too, right? Cause like you said, it's, um, you know, you come into the office in the morning and you're there and available, you might step out for lunch, then you're there and available again until you leave. And then, and then you're not. So it's like reflecting yeah. that of Slack. And I've, I've heard some, you know, hate towards Slack, like, oh man, I'm glad I don't have Slack because you're always available. You're always reachable. And like, you would be in the office. Like that's the whole point. Like you, you work from home shouldn't be an excuse to escape not being available. Right. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yes, you, you should be like, I like that. And you know, the great thing about Slack is that you can actually toggle if you're online or not it has that little green thing. Yeah. And so you can put it to not online or, or online. And I think it's all just about how the, the company kind of frames expectations on that. And of course, you can, you know, break it up how you want. Like, like you said, we take lunch breaks and normally over my lunch break, I, I you know, go to the gym, I go get in a quick 45 uh, minute workout. And that that does a great job of like splitting up my day, helping me feel refreshed. You know, as long as you have that that break midday and you can communicate it. And I think just the. The expectations that you know when you're when you're out you're out when you're in you're in and you kind of hold yourself accountable to that yeah um, and as you said you know having a point at which you kind of shut down log off for the night and then it's kind of you know known you're you're not going to be reachable and nor should you be if there's something urgent you know a text or something but um once you log off on slack it's like you stepped out of the office totally thing yeah yeah reflecting the the office environment i think is is key there yeah i mean um, it's it's otherwise it's really easy to fall into or slip into a trap of you know especially if you're at the same computer or you're using the same computer for like leisure and mm -hmm. and work at the same time and you're in the same exact space that it just like the lines kind of yeah. kind of blur and all of a sudden it's 9 p.m and you're 
you know, you're, you're kind of online shopping, but you're kind of like responding yeah. to work emails and then Slack uh, notification comes through. What's yeah. <laughs> a request comes and uh, it, it, I would say that becomes doubly tricky working for uh, a global company like, like job forms say, where, yeah, it's, uh, like 9, 10, 11 p.m. at night, suddenly we start to get all the emails and notifications right, from yeah. our colleagues in Turkey who are just waking up. Exactly. And all the things that we sent them. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's it's important to, to double down on that and maybe, you know, set it so you don't get notifications after you log down and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But, you know, as with all work from home things, I think it just falls in self um, self accountability and making sure that you know you're kind of in charge of this yourself and you're going to give yourself that time off yeah um, I, I i think one of the you know it's funny like this has been talked about a lot and and uh on other art articles and everything else but kind of at the beginning of of covid uh it, it felt it felt a little like a vacation or like a little relaxing yeah. and i remember even like i was like wearing sweatpants more right uh during calls and then it really one one of the things that like really uh, shifted was like treating work like work, you know, like right. wearing like actually putting on like jeans. clothes that you would wear. It's yeah, jeans. I know <laughs> such a big deal. <laughs> such jeans. a big deal. Yeah, I went like Came a big deal months the without wearing jeans. Uh, so yeah, I think I think that was it, it, a lot of it is just like a, a mind frame and and investing in the the right equipment for or you know asking asking the company to invest in the right equipment right. For, for your office space and like clearing your space and and then creating a schedule yeah i think yeah it really really helps well you such as i think the pandemic started out you saw like a lot of you know guides and advisory articles like for actually both those points, have a workspace and identify a workspace that you use for work. Like don't work in your bedroom, for instance. Um, I heard that a lot. Mm -hmm. And yeah, dress up like you're getting ready to go in for the day. Like don't put on a suit and tie, but you know, put on jeans, put on a nicer shirt. Don't just loaf around in your sweats all day. And I think there's a there's a lot of uh, validation behind that because I think, as you kind of said, it almost start out as, oh, it's vacation. Like I can just lounge around and yeah. in sweats and don't not have to get out of bed. But I think that's ultimately just as it becomes a more permanent thing, it, it becomes it, it, more detrimental than anything. Um, so it's all I think it correlates with those boundaries and getting you in and out of the out of the mind frame. Um, of course, I, I say this as like a chronic underdresser too. So, <laughs> well, so you're set. You're, you're not faking anything. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is literally uh, for for those of you aren't who aren't watching this on YouTube. Uh, this is actually how I I would normally dress for, for the office. True. I have I a, can a hoodie and a beanie and t-shirt and some. Well, you know, sw uh, like sporting the, uh, the job lights. form swag. You know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Still, but this is my dressing up. So. Still repping. It works, but. I also think it's 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 important that a lot of people I think weren't used to sort of what it takes to become disciplined in a work from home environment because I think for many people it was a it was a really big transition and you know I I consider myself fortunate or not you could phrase it either way like I was actually homeschooled growing up which explains a lot about myself but um, <laughs> I was I was used to from the very beginning like I had to be just disciplined everything was on my own timeline but I had to be able to sit down I was just ingrained with being able to sit down set my mind to something and finish it didn't matter where I was because that's just how I grew up and then I even um, I finished out college remotely when I started working here so for me the transition to and working next next week uh, Elliot is starting a an yes. MBA program, yes, remotely. MBA so, program. So all the, the skills, will, all the online will help studies. You out. Yes, um, it'll be it'll be busy, but I, I think it just goes back into you know the self dedication, the self discipline that I think some people 
um, through, you know, their, their past have been a little bit more curated to have. And other people who've always been in an office environment, suddenly they're thrown into, well, now you kind of have to set your own rules, your own boundaries, your own guidelines. Um, I think it's a bigger, bigger learning curve for some than, than for others. Um, so I think that's where a lot of the principles of, Hey, get dressed, you know, treat it like a regular work day, um, carve out your space. I think that's, it's especially helpful for, for those people, you know, yeah. um, as it will continue to be. Um, so I guess the, the, the next thing I think that would be good to address is, uh, we talked about a little bit as far as our meeting can, uh, cadence, but when to email first, when to just slack first, when to actually set up a face-to-face -face meeting for something. And I remember asking you this, I think my first couple of weeks on the job, like, okay, what's, what's the priority level? At what point do I just chat you? At what point do I provide an email? And at what point do I ask, okay, can we just hop on a call? Like sort of what are your, what mm -hmm. are your thoughts on the prioritizing those methods of communication? Oof, boy. I think Slack, if it's um, urgent, but not necessarily important, I think email, you know, email lives there forever. I, I think email is still a, like a great default for, for communication. It's not, you're not going to get the, the quick response. You're not expecting a quick response, but if you want to mull over something, if you want details bulleted out and, and you want attachments or if you want, you know, if, if you want something that's going to live beyond the, the time you write it and you want a, a con like a long thought out conversation that may take several days, well then email, of course, you know, I, I think that that's just the most sensible thing. Oftentimes we have to default to email too, just being a kind of a global company, but I think it actually kind of creates good email habits. Um, I've, I've become a much better email writer and that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not like a resume bullet point that's gonna stay stay with me for, for my whole career or anything like that, but I've become a much better. Skill. It is, honestly, uh, I actually put a lot of stock in that. I, you know, I look for that when when I'm hiring people and they, how they respond or how mm -hmm. they follow up after an interview or something yeah. like that. But um, so yeah, I, but I, I think being a job form has made me a better email writer. And I think that's, a uh, you, you think about like the readability, not just the, the writing of it, but the readability of it. And uh, so I think, yeah, I think from an important st standpoint that the information you want to convey in an email is, I, I still think is, is more significant than what you would necessarily slack someone. It's almost more formal. More formal, yeah. Um, and then, of course, with, with video, I think it's just when you don't have the answers and you want to talk something out. I think, I think brainstorming or like bouncing ideas, which, you know, we do in a lot of, ultimately, yeah. in a lot of our, our videos, or not our videos, a lot of our meetings. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, that's kind of necessary for that. Um, and, you know, I, sometimes it's just faster to, faster to do a video yeah. if, if you're doing four people and you just want to like, get a sense of what's going on or if they have any questions or just, you know, opening that line of communication videos really, really good for that, but not, not always necessary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I kind of, kind of echo that. I think the, the great thing about email is that, you know, it's, it's a record and it's more, it's more formalized, like, you know, Slack, we, we don't have the pro Slack, so everything will disappear in a week regardless. So, you know, email is a place for important information or for, yeah, more formalized um, records of conversations you want to keep, you want to be able to keep track of. Um, Slack is more informal or if something's just going on, you'll probably get a quicker response. Um, and I, I think, you know, everything balanced because Slack, it's easier to just 
almost bug someone. You can just, oh, hit, hit them up and right. you, you're kind of trained to give a quick response to Slack as opposed to email. I think the expectation, as you said, isn't going to be they're going to get back right away. And I think that's actually kind of important to, um, even though Slack is lower priority, to not always Slack them. Because, I mean, I bug you frequently, probably half a dozen times to a dozen times a day on Slack for things. <laughs> but I don't bug you probably twice as much of that with stuff that I could bug you on. Instead, I just keep a tally so I can talk to you about it next time we hop on a call, uh-huh, you know, kind right. of thing. So I think it's <laughs> I think it's a, a matter of balance with, with all these things. And Especially, you know, trying to be cognizant of your attention because you're, you know, managing 12, 15 people. Um, if I'm bugging you 10 times a day, you know, how many times is, is someone else bugging you? So I, th- I think it's you have to look through uh, it with a slightly different lens as, as a manager. Yeah. The Those double-edged really sword is that you need compound. to be responsive. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, you have to be responsive to more people. People, Sorry. I think everyone seems to love to slack me when I'm in a meeting. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I don't, I, I, I'm sure there's like a an integration for that or something uh, where if you know it syncs with my calendar and they they like get some sort of auto response, but then they yeah they they always pile up when I'm in a, a call with well, someone. <laughs> sometimes on Slack, uh, it has a little phone image behind it, um, and you know. I just try to set myself a notification to immediately slack you when I know that you're on a call because <laughs> I think that you will, you know, you don't have to worry about it right away. I think you'd appreciate that. Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> or I see it on Google Calendar. Chat's on a call. Let's go. Uh, no, I try not to, but it'd be kind of funny if that's what people did. I try to spare you when I can, but I often don't. <laughs> in any case, but yeah, I, I do feel like that is one of the, the tougher things as a manager in a work from home environment is that suddenly you're kind of the go to guy and everyone's pinging you indirectly because it's not like if you're in the office and I'm talking to you, it's less likely someone else is going to come up and just interrupt the conversation and start talking at the same time, as opposed to you right. get six slacks while you're on a meeting with somebody and no one really knows. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the flip side is that 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 still happened when when, when we're in the office too. Fair you know, and we Fair still enough. have Slack, so it's not a. I guess it's not too too unusual. It's a. It's part of my job. I you can't escape. Is, <laughs> is the is the key takeaway here. Um, so let's also talk about kind of some lighter things that we do with technology to facilitate. Um, you know, the positive work from home, home culture, which is you know facilitating the team camaraderie, the the get-togethers. You know, the the virtual virtual happy hours. I think everyone got a little bit mm-hmm. fatigued sometimes of the oh everyone jumps on a Zoom call with a with a beer. You know, um, but I think it, there are ways to use technology to spice that up um, a little bit with what we do for team get together. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I guess I'll first dive into the, you know, we, we did a lot of team challenges over the course of the past year um, to varying degrees of, of success. But I think really the reason we were doing that was to build some sort of camaraderie or, mm-hmm. you know, try to like give, give people, especially in the, the depths of, of COVID to have, you know, some distraction, I guess, or something kind of to, to build on in a, in a positive way. So we did a, um, a reading challenge uh, where we, we split into teams and, and people were able to uh, log the number of pages that they read. And then, you know, there was like pitting teams against each other. And then, then there was a prize uh, for, for the winning team. And we did the same thing for, uh, we've done two different workout challenges where basically, yeah, it's the same kind of idea. 
or, you know, you can do like work from home, uh, workouts on your, in your living room. And that kind of builds toward this like team goal. We did an individual one and then, a and then a team one as well. But yeah, the real, uh, reasoning behind that was just, yeah, so to sort of build a sense of community, build a sense of, of camaraderie, uh, even though it's everyone's working remotely and that, you know, give them that opportunity. Uh, and of course, you know, shameless product plug, but JotForm was, was great for that because everyone has the JotForm mobile app uh, or JotForm mobile forms. So they're able to log their, their workouts. And that, that's kind of how we like collected everything and, right. and were able to tell uh, who's ahead and did, did the same thing for the reading challenge as well. Right. And then it goes to a, a table where it just, it shows everyone's entries and you can compile and you yeah. Know, composite. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of fun. I, I did it sort of selfishly. Like <clears throat> I want to read more. Okay. Well, right. let, let's self-motivation. I'm going to make everyone read so more. easy to, because <laughs> yeah. then you just log in and it's almost like a validating thing. You finish a workout, you can fill out your form, be like, I did 60 minutes of X, Y, Z, and you right. get to see it populate that table and, you know, you're closer to that grand prize. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that, you know, that was one of the things we, we try to do like a monthly, uh, game night or, mm -hmm. um, at least a happy hour at a minimum, but usually a game night. Uh, and I'm always, I think even a year into this, I'm always surprised that like, oh yeah, not everyone is having a chance to talk to each other. Right. And I, I have sort of the luxury of bouncing around and having one-on-ones or like group meetings with every single person on the marketing team, mm -hmm. but very few people have that. You know, like we were right. saying 20 minutes ago, like sometimes people just have one meeting a week, maybe two meetings a week. And then, um, you know, and then they, they get this like group, this group interaction. So there's, so there's always this like catch up, like, oh my God, how have you been? I haven't seen you since right. last month. I'm like, oh man, that's, yeah, that's like, that's yeah. That's the hardest thing about about yeah. uh, working from home. Is, is we don't have that, so it, it is really important to have like a, a monthly. We do it. We do it monthly. We, maybe we could do it more, but at least a monthly, uh, you know, fun game night and just give people the opportunity to to connect. Uh, you know, we can't do we can't do the in person happy hours right. or lunches or, or whatever like we used to be able to. So, yeah, really really important stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, Trivia nights, uh, yeah, <laughs> some JotForm specific things. Yeah, so we, we can actually use JotForm for uh, for remote trivia, which has been a like a wonderful use case for JotForm that we never thought about before. We never needed to think about that conditional before. Conditional logic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can use conditional logic and show different answers based off of submissions. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely a great a great thing. Yeah, I, I will say shout out to um, Alana, one of our copywriters we're putting together, but I think it was our Halloween um, trivia night. Yeah. And uh, I remember you said she's preparing sort of the, the game for us. And I was just blown away by what she was able to do with JotForm um, and making this trivia game where it's all this conditional logic. If you pick this, you get this question, this prompt. Yeah. Like um, different can, haunted you experiences. Can un, you can uncover yeah. things. Like it was just fantastically done. Oh, she knocked um, it out and of the it was park, a really yeah. cool. It was a genuinely cool. One of the, I think probably the coolest uses of JotForm that I think I've seen is facilitating like using the conditional logic to set up these forms and surveys and responses and answers, and then be able to tally all of it on her end how we responded. Yeah, um, I actually thought that was that was super cool. I think that might be one of my favorite like JotForm use case examples. Um, ever but uh guys you should try that if you haven't yet set up a set up a trivia night using jot form yeah right. there'll be a blog yeah. coming out <laughs> <laughs> yeah we actually should do one on that yeah you you are right yeah okay yeah. oh perfect yeah. there you go good timing 
Um, there you go. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, we've also, you know, non-platform examples, we've also done like Jackbox TV kind of thing, which is just another yeah. example. So you can share a screen and just, you know, have the prompts and obviously everyone's everyone's on their phone. Um, exactly, yeah. Simple simple investment uh, to get the game. And then, yeah, it just it's, a, it's great for, you know, an hour, hour and a half of, of fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the key takeaway is, yeah, use, you know, use the technology, use the tools at disposal to try to keep that camaraderie going in some way, shape or form and keep that, you know, positive, positive culture, positive mindset um, as we can in today's day and age until, you know, people are vaccinated and people start actually going back to the office and doing this in, in real life. You know, well, it's yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. So there was a CNBC article that came out yesterday and, you know, they project that even at the end of 2021, 40% of people will still be working from home. So I, I think mm. I think we have to account for, you know, work just looking different on a permanent permanent level. And for and, sure, uh, I think they said currently 57% of people are working from home, but that number is still not not expected to dip down. And you see these major companies that are have already announced to the world that they're, you know, basically doing either uh, fully remote optional or mm-hmm. some sort of a hybrid model. So. I, you know, it's, I can't predict what exactly JotForm is, is going to look like. We, we might adopt some sort of a hybrid model as well. But even if, if, if we're just working from home part of the time, it's good to have best practices in place yeah, and, for sure. and be able to, to do it as, you know, to the best of your ability. So, yeah, well, it's a, it's a large shift. And I think the, as, as you said, I think the pandemic was a proof of concept that a lot of companies could work from home. And I think it also shows how valuable it is to have in-person interaction. I think it's interesting that it showed yeah. the, the pluses and, and minuses of both, really, because suddenly you don't have the in-person culture. But you realize that with technology, you know, sometimes, you know, an editor or a copywriter whose you know, job is focusing on their projects every day, they might not take quite as much value from coming in every single day as someone like you or I could, where we have multiple touch bases. We have to, mm. you know, collaborate with projects, all, all this sort of stuff. So I think think it shows that you know there's different approaches for everything and a lot of companies are going and as you said either remote or hybrid or remote first I've heard where yeah you can right. work remotely or you can come in and you know I think optimally as you said it's it, it, best of both worlds would be be a mix um, but I think it has been an important proof of concept that a lot of companies can work remote that maybe they didn't think they could at first yeah um, so it's just it'll be interesting to see how it all unravels for sure um but otherwise, it's kind of the end of the topic list that I had. Is there anything that we left out? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's a great topic. It's you know we could we could certainly go on and on about it. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, well, ho- hopefully we'll be in the office at some point. You know, and and you'll get to meet some of the rest of your colleagues. Fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have not met most of the people on my marketing team, which is uh, which is interesting just virtually. But yeah, yeah, hopefully be able to meet up at at some point soon here, have a beer in real life, which will be which will be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, we still have our virtual meetups and we have our podcast. Speaking of which, our next episode will be on hiring remotely, which Chad, I know that you are extremely excited about because you love hiring and especially <laughs> doing so remotely. Yeah, so be, <laughs> be sure to listen on that one. And thank you for tuning in to Momentum. Momentum.